This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, August 20th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, once again teamed up with the man who never misses a single mention in all of his social media accounts. To the detail, his name is Jerem Jordan. Yeah, you can tweet at me, but you know who else checks his mentions? Tom Homo. Let's walk through an interaction or two he had yesterday, which was fun. So at Big Uncle Pooh, who's a uh, big BYU fan, tailgater, mm-hmm. he says, Hey, at Tom Homo, need a water boy for the Navy game? Fans may not be allowed, but I'm worried about keeping our boys hydrated. <laughs> to which at Uncle Maui, also a big BYU fan and tailgater, and tailgater uh, replies to both, says, Seems like a two-man job. I'm in. At Big Uncle Pooh. I say if Tom doesn't respond in an hour, it means he agrees to us being water boys for the Navy game, to which Tom Homer replies, no. (laughs) He then replies again. He says, you know I love you, Uncle Pooh, but you'd have to be part of our BYU football bubble for the next few weeks, weeks, which means you'd have to spend 24-7 with the team. I don't... I know you don't have that kind of time. Yeah, and Big Uncle Pooh said, want to make a bet? Wait, wait. You want to make a bet? Wait. (laughs) Okay, and then Tom also responded to my tweet yesterday. Uh, I said, there are six-year-olds walking around today who will play in the Army at BYU game in 2032, to which you said, great. Just think how long they get to dream of playing in that game. I'm hoping one of my grandsons is in that game. Either side. Either side. A grandson for Tom Homo. Play in that game. He has grandkids. I know. uh, I love it. 12, what, Danny and Carly? Yeah, Danny and Carly's son. And others, right? Uh, Carly played at BYU? Would be in that age category. That's right. uh, Danny's got uh, major swag, by the way. Major swag. I think he's... Shoe game, hat game. He's in charge of swag. Where does he work again? Solid. Where does he work? He works at one of the uh, Silicon Slopes. Is it Qualtrics? Vivian or Qualtrics. He's like... In charge of the swag for the company. <laughs> like, that's an awesome job. This is a plug for more swag for us. It's <laughs> so, on its way, bro. Shout out, shout out to you, Fo- Danny. Football's almost here. Got some more shirts. Hey, we got a swaggy show lineup today, including quantity or quality in scheduling games for BYU football. Where are you in that spectrum right now? Two and a half weeks to the season. Are you like, hey, we're getting so close, just schedule whoever? Or are you still being picky about who BYU should put on the 2020 COVID-modified schedule. Pete Medhurst, Navy play-by-play man, on the perception of BYU as a replacement game for traditional power Notre Dame and what type of Navy team is going to show up on Labor Day. Plus, the best to ever wear number 92, expectations for an all-group-of-five schedule, likely. And, Jerem, coaches on bikes are back. They're back. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football in Texas State playing this season is, quote, a done deal, according to Kef Ciardello, Texas State football beat reporter for the Austin American Statesman. While nothing is official, the Bobcats have open dates on BYU's open dates for the weeks of October 3rd. That could be the second, too, on a Friday before General mm-hmm. Conference. Mm-hmm. And the 24th. Then this morning, Brett McMurphy reports BYU will host Texas San Antonio, or UTSA, on October 10th in Provo. These two would become the sixth and seventh games on the schedule. Sunbelt, Conference USA, respectively. More on that in just a moment. Head coach Kalani Satake of the BYU Football Cougars. Now on the latest from week three of fall camp. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a game, so we've had, we have tons of... Uh, 
reps of, of evaluating these guys. I'd like to see how they how they perform when when everything's going pretty much live. Okay, BYU football gonna go live again today. I wish we could watch. We can't. Such is the case. Uh, but of note, freshman running back Bruce Garrett will not be competing in this live team drill because he has left the team due to personal reasons. Now, here's a guy in his senior season at Pleasant Grove High School out of Texas that ran for almost 1,800 yards and 17 touchdowns. A bummer to lose Bruce in the running back's room. Now it's up to the rest of the guys as they go live today to try and figure out that depth chart and get closer to Navy on September 7th. Hopefully he rejoins the team at some point. He's left the team, but that doesn't mean he's totally gone. But uh, hopefully he can come back. I thought he was the guy that had a future here. Uh, absolutely. Navy announces it will not have any fans in attendance at the season opener in Annapolis against BYU on September 7th. Not shocking given the location of the game. I would be surprised if BYU didn't have any fans. I think they'll have some fans, but uh, we'll see. Nothing announced quite yet. I mean, so I am scheduled to be at that game, but even I have very limited access you can't even around go that stadium. I am not allowed on the field. It is coaches, staff, and ESPN cameras and officials, and that's it. Pretty wild. Listen to this. Fall sport athletes will be allowed an extra year of eligibility no matter how many games they play in. This, if the NCAA Board of Governors meets on Friday and eventually approves and ratifies that decision, but this could mean that BYU has sixth and seventh year seniors coming back in 2021. Oh, BYU's winning the natty because of that age advantage. That's good. Come on back. Come on back, guys. Zane Zane Anderson could be back for a seventh year? Yes. Zane could be for a seventh year, technically. Can you imagine? Awesome. (laughs) I just want him to stay healthy and have a great season. Absolutely. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Bring on more opponents, as Jerem just reported, and there are multiple reports out there right now that BYU is going to add Texas State on somewhere around October 3rd, and now a game scheduled with UT San Antonio as the Roadrunners are reportedly coming to Provo. Again, these are not official. BYU has not reported, but that takes the Cougars up to seven games. Jerem, what do you think of the five official games and two reported games now on the BYU football schedule? Yeah, Texas State could be October 2nd, the Friday, or the 3rd, or the 24th. So we we don't know the date on that one, but a report of Texas State and then uh, UTSA. So looking at these potential seven, five official, two reported, um, this is a schedule, right? BYU's trying to put together a schedule. These aren't teams that I think the average fan would like want to load up with. But listen, we're in a pandemic. BYU's trying to play. I'm not going to be picky. Are you and, kidding me? Football is gold here, especially yeah. knowing that now guys, if, if they want to come back and play another year, they're going to have eligibility. Right. And Texas State, the connection there is Eric Mateos. He was at Texas State. And then UTSA previously, Ryan Pugh, who's at Troy, who was the offensive line coach before Eric Mateos, coached at UTSA. So I'm not exactly sure the BYU connection, but there's a few of those. It kind of feels like a proximity thing where it's like, who are the closest teams available? They are. That's right. Because people in Texas, yeah. How can we make this work? Uh, Conference USA and the Sun Belt have said they're going to play eight plus up to four. Um, You know, a a full schedule potentially for them. BYU's looking to have a full 12-game schedule. So I'm fine with these. I, I don't expect the rest of the games necessarily to be equal to or worse than these per se, which that's what it feels like, right? But that 
BYU could have better games in the mix. They just haven't announced them. Like, I'm hoping for that Cincy game. I'm hoping for a few more AAC games. These are Division One teams. FBS, Keep in mind, yeah. BYU played UMass last year, which was the worst FBS team. So, Troy, Texas State, UTSA were all double-digit spots ahead of what BYU faced in UMass last year. Yes, and I've looked at, uh, you know, the seven games uh, reportedly, five official two reported. Right now, and it looks like BYU could have some great success, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's reported seven games win percentage from 2019 is 43%. It's very low. That's a good thing for BYU. Okay, so the opponents. The opponents. In the seven, the seven opponents they have scheduled from 2019, they only won a combined 43% of their games. Right. Only Navy won six more games last year among the opponents. Okay, remember, Houston, down year. Four and eight. We, we expect them to be a A-plus win type of team. Sure. Army, I don't expect to be a five and eight squad. I expect them to be like a seven-plus win squad. And then, uh, of course, Navy was 11 and two, top 25. Lost quarterback, Malcolm Perry, um, which we'll talk to their play-by-play coming up, Pete Medhurst. I... I uh, think this is a schedule BYU could have great success with. It's better than nothing. Obviously, BYU can get a few more names on there. I, yeah. I expect them to later this week and into next week. Uh, but you got to load, load it up if you want more games. And we've said uh, something's better than nothing, obviously. This is clearly not going to be the gem of a schedule that Tom Homo very meticulously crafted essentially over a decade but it's football, and players are not going to lose eligibility. I love it so well, if much. they pass that. Sure. Right. They're going to pass it. I, 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 mean, I think they will as well. I think they'll ratify that. All uh, those in favor, please make it manifest. <laughs> but I like the trend of BYU going out and doing some things that they have never done before. It's like, hey, we're going to make the most of it. BYU has never played any team in the Sun Belt, ever. That's pretty wild. No games against Sun Belt teams. Never in the Sun Belt? Ever. Oh, come on. That according to our friends at Sharp Sports. I did the research before nice. the show. Okay? Nice. So first ever game with the Sun Belt, and then BYU branching out to Conference USA. And I'm like, oh, they've played a number wait, of games against Conference wait, USA teams, wait right? on the Sun Belt. They weren't in the Sun Belt at the time, but they are now. Arkansas State. Arkansas State. They were they were right. Division One so AA. When the game was played. When the game was played, no Sun Belters. Correct. But now we're, we're treading with, new ground. Same with Conference USA. The yeah. majority of Conference USA teams BYU has played against are no longer in the conference. Right. It's different. All but, I think BYU has played 14 games against Conference USA opponents. Only three of those games are against teams that are actually still in the conference. Everything it's has changed. changed. Yeah. yeah. Tulsa, I, yeah. Tulane, Louisville was in Conference USA in 2001 for crying out loud. Which is interesting. You'd think that previous relationships would matter in this. It's actually new relationships yep. that are stuffing at least this portion of the schedule. Yeah. And there's more games to be had. UT San Antonio. It's not going to be Texas State. I don't expect it to be all cupcakes, sort of like this, right? Now these teams, uh, there is some level of Group of Five anxiety index level for some of these. No question. Which we need to get to with you. I will give you a number for each of these once the (laughs) schedule is somewhat finalized. Yes. Well, we should do it as we go. I I think that'd be more exciting. (laughs) But we continue onward. Topic two. Let's assess the latest in BYU scheduling, um, as you mentioned. So seven games. Reportedly scheduled, uh, you know, two more. At this point, are you more about quality or quantity as we get closer to the season? I am holding out hope for quality games being added to the schedule until the end of this week. This week, okay. We get to next Monday, and we're within two weeks of the season starting. At that point, fill it up. Yeah. Just fill that baby up. (laughs) 
Make it happen. 10, it 11, water? 12 games. I just need water. <laughs> Do we need to drink from the trough? Okay, fine. Whatever. Well, maybe not that bad, but yeah. Come on. Just, yeah. By the time next Monday the rolls tr- around. The trough would be like JC's. It's like, these doesn't even count. <laughs> by the time next Monday rolls around, yeah, I'll, I will feel the uh, anxiety of just wanting to fill the schedule. But this this week, I'm hoping, and is there an AAC team or two that can still work out something with BYU? You'd think there is. Is there a, you know, a Temple, a Tulane? Oh, there's plenty of those. A UCF, a Cincinnati, I know you have been very outspoken about. Can BYU get a couple or even one more AAC team that would make me feel that much better about the schedule. Two more. Let's go, Tom. Let's okay. go. You want Let's two go, more? Two more. And people are still saying, well, what about Power 5? There was this rumor that was circulating last night that Florida, Florida State, State nope. could be a potential for BYU. No, I was not ever they, buying into that one, especially because they, they scheduled Jacksonville State. They had no intention of having BYU fly to Tallahassee and play that game. That would have been hilarious if BYU had Florida State, though, in the year that Florida State was supposed to go to Boise. Oh, I thought about, <laughs> I thought about that. I'm like, oh, man. That what, would have been. What a punch in the gut to Boise State for that. That would have been bad. Granted, that game was supposed to be in Boise. Right. Uh, no, that even worse. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, man. Yeah. But I, a Power 5 just seems really unlikely at this point. I kind of hope that BYU doesn't have any anymore which we will address later in the show, but I, because I want to see what BYU does with a group of five and one FCS schedule. We've been talking for years about the schedule and, and the new angle that you put on it, which I love. It's like, well, wait, group fives is an issue as well. 11 and 12 and over you, the last three years. When you combine those two, that's how you get four and nine, seven and six, seven and six, right? So what if BYU doesn't play a power five on the schedule? Then what do we expect that's called a tease. We will discuss that in about uh, you know, 25 minutes. I'm with you. I'm probably going to give it a little longer, though, for the quality part because I think the quantity can happen fast, as we are seeing with Navy happen in 24 hours. Granted, that's a quality one, but reports of Texas State and UTSA, I think those can happen quickly. Troy like, came together quickly. Troy came together quickly. I, I'm fine with holding out for some quality and no doubt BYU is in discussions with dozens of teams right now trying to figure this out. Tom's been all over this and uh, like we talked about, Tom likely had three different scenarios play out and guess what? This is a hybrid scenario of the original one we talked about. One was you can play like normal. Another was no power fives at all. And another was no power fives or group of fives. This is a hybrid of possible ACC Big 12, Big 12's out. It's ACC or bust right now for Power 5 non-conference games for them. Then there are uh, three group of fives playing, still available. BYU is finding them in the AAC Sunbelt and Conference USA and still independent. So day by day, we're seeing, oh, Liberty announced their schedule. There's no BYU. That came out yesterday. So that's not an option. And they're playing 10 games? Is that right? I didn't, I didn't see the number. I, didn't, I thought I counted the number as 10. Maybe, maybe it's more than that. I wouldn't be shocked if Liberty had 14 games on the schedule the way they operate. <laughs> but I am holding out a little longer for the, the quality uh, part of the schedule. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to be mad if BYU has 12 games scheduled and the best ones, Navy and Houston and Army, and then the rest are just kind of whatever. Because we're going to have football, we hope, right? And we're a couple weeks away from this. Maybe there's a premier matchup with... Appalachian State. Listen, Appalachian State is legit, dude. Top 25 Appalachian caliber program. Appalachian State is a better product on the field than BYU right now. 
the last couple of years. They've been a better product on the field. More consistent winner for sure. BYU, granted, the schedules have been different. I understand BYU's playing a harder schedule, but you are what you do, right? And I would love a matchup with App State. That'd be one where the casual BYU fan might go, oh, that's a win. It's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a quality game. And would App State come play. to BYU? It feels like oh. BYU is, like, you look at the number of games, BYU has uh, five home games. Right. Five right now. And these are report. two of them reported, Texas State, UT San Antonio. But if they're added on, those, that would be five home games for BYU and only two on the road against the service academies, Navy and Army. So now it feels like if BYU announces a game, it's going to almost gonna, automatically gonna be, on be on the road. Yeah, one more home. And uh, no, granted, you could have more home games if you wanted. I think Tom Homo is crazy smart, by the way, by doing what he's doing. Yep. Which is saying, oh, yeah, yeah, hey, Navy, we'll go there. There's no fans. It's more advantageous for BYU competitively. We'll play there. Yeah, we'll play there. And then they come here. Like, I I know fans want to go to that game and have that experience. But Tom is smart in what he's doing. Like, people are like, get Notre Dame. No, 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 no. You don't want Notre Dame this year. No, There's going to be limited to no fans. You want it when you can have 65,000 in there and the fire chief showing up going, we have too many people. That's the game you want. And that's not in 2020. Our question of the day at this point, are you more about the quality or quantity of games that BYU football schedules in 2020. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Opening response in from at Dave underscore Sanborn 23 on the Twitter machine. Quantity. BYU's already lost so much football this year. If somehow BYU could get up to 10 games and have around five at home, that would be great. Hashtag BYUSN. Right now... If these reports go through, BYU has five at home. Five at home. And you know who's hoping for a sixth home game? BYU TV. Because then we would get a game for sure. Make it happen. (laughs) We'll have pre- and post-game coverage no matter what, as well as BYU Radio, so don't you fret. Okay, coming up. Will not having fans at the Navy game help the Cougars pull out a victory? We'll talk to the play-by-play man of the midshipman, Pete Medhurst. How do they replace one of the all-time great quarterbacks in Malcolm Perry? Is he worried about it? It's BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU football with Kalani Satake returns Tuesday, September 1st, as we prepare you for the season opener against Navy, 8.30 Eastern, September 1st, on the BYU TV app. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. We welcome in now the voice of Navy midshipman football. He also calls games for the Washington Nationals. He's a Swiss Army Knife broadcaster, if uh, we get right down to it. His name is Pete Medhurst on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. Pete, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. How are you? I'm doing great, Spencer and Jerem. Great to be with you. Third meeting all-time schedule between the Cougars and Midshipmen. Uh, just looking at it uh, from a two-and-a-half-week-out uh, lens, what do you think of the matchup between Navy and BYU? Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's Labor Day night. It's national TV. It's uh, two national programs, and I think that's the thing uh, to stress here. This game only comes together for a national TV audience if you have two brands, obviously this game was supposed to be Navy and Notre Dame. So how do you replace Navy and Notre Dame? The best thing you can do is go find another national program. And obviously BYU fits that bill. The Cougars obviously needed games. So it did not take Chet Gladchuck and Tom Homo very long. Uh, I think to put this game together, 
more importantly for both programs, now it's a great opportunity Labor Day night to showcase uh, themselves uh, to the in entire country coming up here. It's kind of funny when we talk about, you know, games that are in the 2030s now, and it's like, wait, this felt like it came together in 24 hours, which is hilarious. So it's like, why does it take so long? But also, you just mentioned uh, perhaps the biggest storyline in this game to me, besides, hey, we're playing football, COVID pandemic, is the spotlight on this game. Uh, obviously, Navy used to this with the Navy-Army game on CBS, and you're owning that space, right, on, on a weekend. But this is going to be a game that everybody is watching if you love football. Yeah, no question about it. And I think, uh, you know, that's the that's the attractiveness for both teams to make the game happen uh, is you've got a chance to showcase your program now uh, to the entire country. And if you go look at Navy's roster, this is a roster that comes together from all parts uh, of the United States of America. And uh, that's one of the reasons why Navy has never shied away from playing great competition. We moved into a league. We weren't independent, obviously, uh, for our entire football existence. We moved into a league so we could play great people on a weekend and week out basis. Our program is on TV every single weekend. We are on over the air network television in one way, shape or form. And that's the reason why we did it. And in this opportunity where we have seen others go out and basically, um, you know, grab an FCS team if they can to, to fill a spot, we wanted to play somebody and we wanted to play an opponent as good as we could get um, to fill the void. Uh, for Notre Dame, who choose to play, chose to play by the ACC rules uh, this season. And we understand that. And I think that in this, you know, 2020 season, you're just putting together a schedule if you're a school in any way, shape, or form. For Notre Dame, they had to live by the ACC rules this year. It's the only way they were going to be able to put together uh, a full schedule. So, again, the attractiveness in going out and getting uh, a Brigham Young uh, who's willing to come to your place where you were going to have the game anyway um, certainly fits the bill. And I, again, the national TV spotlight uh, is just uh, tremendous uh, for both schools. The play-by-play -play man for Navy football, Pete Medhurst, with us on BYU Sports Nation. What type of game atmosphere do you expect on uh, Monday night, September 7th, with now no fans allowed announced in the game at Annapolis? If you, if you have watched any of Major League Baseball so far, um, I think that's exactly what you're going to get. I think you're going to get, you know, a lot of, you're going to be able to hear a lot of Nat sound. You're going to be able to hear some things out there uh, <laughs> on the football field. Uh, what those words will be. We, we don't have any idea. Until we see <laughs> yeah, the we game. Do. <laughs> but yeah, right. Exactly. It's football. But uh, look, I mean, you're going to, you're going to, we've, we've learned to consume sports in a completely different way here uh, during this pandemic. And I think, you know, this is going to be the exact same way. And I think, you know, maybe later on uh, in October, uh, November, uh, you know, I I've got, you know, my in-laws, I got in-laws that live right there uh, in the Salt Lake City area. And, you know, for a while there, they couldn't understand why all of us back on the East Coast were uh, in such a panic over this pandemic and wearing masks and social distancing and all that other stuff. And, um, you know, I mean, here on the East Coast, because of the population density, uh, I think right now the safest thing. Uh, for everybody involved is, is the way the Naval Academy is going, at least early in the season now, and, and that is to, um, you know, not allow fans in at all. wouldn't be fair to all of your season ticket holders if you could not let everybody in uh, at this point. So I, I think maybe, you know, we're hoping if the numbers get better uh, later in the season to be able to have a, a small percentage of fans eventually come into the stadium. But uh, otherwise, essentially what you're going to have in my mind, is like a scrimmage atmosphere 
uh, where at least at Navy, our practices are open to the public. Anybody can walk in. If you got an idea, you can get on campus. You can come watch practice Monday through Wednesday, any day of the week. And uh, it's going to kind of have that, that scrimmage-like atmosphere, I think, around it, except um, you're going to be trying to win the game in this uh, particular situation. It will be odd. You've got to create your own energy. I think that's going to be a key uh, for both teams. Uh, you're going to have to create your own energy because there isn't going to be a crowd there to, to lift you up, uh, you know, in key situations. So um, that to me will be the biggest thing is, is how do the players generate uh, that energy in that game when you walk into an empty building? And, and you know, in our case, there's not 35, 36,000 people there to, to cheer you on, uh, on on Labor Day night. Obviously, uh, Kenny Matololo has been a guy that BYU fans have known for a long time as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's in Meet the Mormons prominently. He's been so successful. Uh, and now he matches up with BYU, a job that he at least interviewed for a few years ago when Klein Sitake ended up getting that job. So it's this is a fun matchup. We have Polynesian dudes who happen to be members of the same church, who happen to be Laie boys. Uh, this is going to be a fun one with those two. No doubt. And I, I you know, I, I'm... I am not, you know, afraid to tell Arizona uh, and BYU they made grave mistakes when they didn't do whatever it took to hire Ken Niamatololo. Um, he's the greatest leader of men I've ever seen. Um, he's the most genuine individual in, in college athletics I've ever been around. Uh, what you see from him is what you get. There is no false bravado. He wears his emotions on his sleeve, loves his players dearly like all of them uh, are his sons. And that's what I like about Coach Niamatololo. You know, like I said earlier, our practices are open. He tells his coaches on Sunday, go home, be, be husbands, be fathers. If we can't accomplish what we're trying to do, you know, six days a week, it's not going to matter what we're doing on that seventh day. Um, you know, he, he's had coaches that have been with him for a long time. And I think that is the biggest testament. The players constantly change. We know that every four years you're going to cycle through uh, players because they graduate in our case they all go on to be members of the fleet defend our country uh and do amazing things from a leadership perspective but the four years of leadership they get from him and more importantly the coaches that choose to stay here and work with him because of the incredible environment that he creates and fosters here at the naval academy i think that's the biggest compliment that you can pay him that people want to stay here and work for him instead of always constantly looking for the next biggest job uh out there and I, I still to this day, especially say Arizona made a huge mistake allowing one player um, to talk them out of hiring him because he would have done great things in the Pac-12. He would have done amazing things for Arizona. And it's Navy's win um, that, that he is able to stay here because his track record here uh, speaks for itself uh, with what he's done winning uh, from a consistency standpoint. Um, losings here, losing seasons here have become uh, much the exception than the norm, which they were uh, at one time. And it's a testament to Ken's leadership, not only as a football coach, but as a human being to retain his players, retain his coaches, and buy in and share in the mission of what the United States Naval Academy is all about. It's rare. It's rare to do that uh, here, and his results speak for themselves. Were you surprised in 2015 that he didn't get the BYU job at that point? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, understanding some of the dynamics that took place there, um, I understand why he's still at Navy. And that's the Kenny was in a win-win situation. Yeah, Obviously, Brigham Young and obviously 
um, his religion means an awful lot to him. He talks about that uh, all the time. I have a great relationship with Coach, and, and we've talked about that uh, at times. Again, that's a, another reason why on Sundays he wants his guys to get out of the building. Don't be here. Um, you know, go be those family men and, and, and fathers and husbands uh, that, that you need to be. But, you know, at the same time, uh, he wasn't just going to leave Navy uh, because it was BYU calling. Um, you know, I, I think everything had to be uh, just right for him to leave an amazing situation uh, that he had at the Naval Academy. And uh, as a result, you know, uh, in many ways, as coach will tell you, you know, God steers you in, in the directions that you should go. And uh, in this case, uh, after a lot of prayer and, and thought, you know, he chose to stay uh, at the Naval Academy. And obviously the Naval Academy uh, is the great beneficiary um, for being able to keep him. Yeah, no question about that. Navy play-by-play man Pete Medhurst with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach Niamatololo expressed some uncertainty last week about how ready Navy will be based on the altered and understandably shortened training camp. What type of Navy team do you expect to show up on Labor Day night? Uh, I, I th- Look, there, there's no question they'll be prepared. Um, they're one of the best prepared teams in the country each and every Saturday. And again, like I said, our practices every year are open. You know, everybody has the same film. I mean, nobody's got secrets from anybody unless you add a play or something specifically for uh, a, a certain team because you see them line up a certain way or, or whatever. You know, so many of these coaches nowadays overthink this, uh, you know, closing your your program up like Fort Knox uh, and things <laughs> of that nature. I mean, it, so they get it, it's gotten way too serious uh, in some respects. I know the team will be prepared. I know we're going to run the triple option and we're going to, we're going to line up. We're going to try and block you. We're going to try and tackle you. uh, And we're going to try and run the football uh, in a perfect world. Uh, We'd run the football 100% of the time. Um, But I would, I would say, I would say um, Dalen Morris, our quarterback. And I'll never forget. I was sitting in the, in the room with Ivan Jasper, our offensive coordinator. When we looked at his recruiting tape uh, before he ever arrived at the Naval Academy and the excitement that I even had in watching that tape. And, and Dalen is going to give us an opportunity. Uh, not that we will do it a lot, but he has a cannon for an arm. Mm. He will allow us to make plays uh, in the passing game when it warrants. We're not just going to do it because Dalen can throw. We're going to run the football first. There's no question about that. But he's a guy that will give us an opportunity on third and long situations. We have one of the best wide receivers in the American Athletic Conference in Michael Cooper. Ryan Mitchell's a tremendous uh, receiver. Uh, Mark Walker uh, would probably be the third in that group right now. So we've got probably one of our best receiving cores we've ever had to go with a quarterback who can throw the football. Uh, so third and long is, is never been uh, you know, a, a, a hamstring situation for us. We're, we're, we're not hamstrung in those situations, but now we have a quarterback that can certainly give Ivan Jasper from a play calling perspective, a lot more options in those situations to make defenses have to prepare for it. And, you know, again, I, I think we'll be prepared. It's our second year under new defensive coordinator, Brian Newberry, who did an amazing job. The analytics of our defense a year ago, if you go back and look at them, I mean, we were in a top 10 in some categories, and we had not scratched top 10 in uh, defensive categories in a long, long time. You probably have to go back to when George Welsh was coaching here in the 70s, um, you know, when we had analytics that looked like that on defense. Um, and he's got nine of the 11 guys got 
uh, a lot of snaps last year. Many of them started. So the fact that so many of those guys are returning, um, it's very exciting. We've got one of the best linebackers in the country in Diego Fago. We've got a couple of really good corners, a um, couple of really good safeties. Uh, that a second year in this system uh, is going to be, uh, I think, terrific. And I know Coach Newberry is excited, to, and the players, more importantly, you listen to the players. The players are the ones that are excited about the second year in this new system uh, and what they're going to be able to do and the fact that they're going to be able to do more. Um, it's, it's really an exciting time, uh, I think, for our defensive guys. And we rarely ever talk about that because the triple option takes so much of the spotlight. But I'm really anxious to see how our defensive guys perform this year because they're very enthusiastic about being able to play under Coach Newberry for a second season. Pete Medhurst, play-by-play man for Navy, giving us insight into the post-Malcolm Perry era of Ken Niamatololo Navy football. Pete, it's great to catch up with you, and uh, we uh, look forward to hopefully, at least at least me, because I'm hopefully going to be there crossing paths with you in about two and a half weeks. Look forward to it. It should be a great game. All right, Pete Medhurst on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. They were top 40 defensively, under 24 points allowed. So they're, they're a good team. And, and he mentioned, uh, obviously, uh, Dal- uh, Dalen Morris uh, Sr. So he's waited for this season. And if he can throw the rock, that's not a good thing for BYU's defense. Well, it's not like Dalen feels any pressure trying to replace, arguably, the one, greatest one of, quarterback in service academy yeah. history. Eh, crazy. Uh, the, careful on that one. But, yes, yes, they've had some really good ones. <laughs> okay, fine. Roger Staubach still yes. wins that. Keenan Reynolds uh, was pretty good, right? Uh, coming up, what if BYU doesn't have any power fives on the schedule? How many wins would we expect? And which senior would you choose to have back based on extra eligibility? Is there a seventh-year senior coming back? This is BYU Sports Nation. For Cougar Sports game highlights, interview, and archive content, subscribe to the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel today. Hey, my friends, this is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's time to whip it. Okay, BYU is practicing and scrimmaging at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. If you follow Jack Demoni on Twitter, you saw them warming up. Spencer, what's the main thing you want the team to get out of the scrimmage today? More Jack DeMooney, Jerem. He's the hype man, right? Now, in all seriousness, I want BYU to be able to figure out some depth chart positions. I, I am the guy that wants BYU to have their guys in position, not just game week. Like, tell me what's going to happen two weeks before. Give them more time to kind of settle the into those roles. To know who's going to Whatever. Wait, that's, what? how, that's how they what? think. Though. I know. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I would like uh, there to be no injuries. That's my main goal. Don't amen. get hurt. I don't really care what else happens. Amen and amen. Navy Athletic Director Chet Gladchuk announced there will be no fans in attendance at BYU's scheduled season opener against Navy. Does having no fans in Annapolis help or hurt BYU? Uh, it hurts the fans that want would want to go to this game. Uh, it hurts the energy. BYU is going to have to create that, as, as uh, Pete Medhurst mentioned. But it helps because there won't be any fans. It mitigates the major road advantage outside of travel. Yeah, it is interesting because there really isn't home field advantage, but there is an energy created by fans. And BYU weirdly has thrived in some of these hostile road environments lately. So I wonder what kind of energy the Cougars are going to bring. Yeah, and it's how many days away again? Mm. Countdown to Navy. 18 days. That's that's close, man. Two and a half weeks. It's coming up. Let's go. 
Okay, the uh, NCAA D1 Council will determine Friday if they want to grant an extra year of eligibility to all fall sports athletes because of COVID. Which senior do you want to have back in 2021? Mm, Zane Anderson, just because Zane's Amen. my guy, right? Amen, dude. Zane, <laughs> I want him to be a seventh-year senior. He's so good. He's, like, he's thinking, no! Just, just Please, let yeah. me have a great season, get on NFL radars, and get out of here. Yeah, listen, if you're really good, you're out after your junior year. Zane needs to stay healthy. Zane needs to stay healthy. Yeah, exactly. Zane needs to stay healthy. But yeah, selfishly, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have that guy back. Why not? There's a bunch of guys I'd like to have back. I hope Brady Christian and James Empey don't Kyrus go Tonga? They're juniors. You know? Kyrus Tonga would be a good one. Yeah. Oh. That ain't right. happen. Okay, Jerem. Jamal Williams. Uh-oh. The J-Swag Daddy. <laughs> never disappointing. Showed up to Green Bay Packers media availability yesterday with... This mask gun, do you find this more funny or downright frightening? Frightening. No, it's the Joker face mask. I'm terrified right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why so serious? <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's terrifying. Yeah, during dude. the I, interview, he pulled it down just to show off. He, like, he's he like, I'm, like still smi- I'm still smiling. But it was kind of like a weird. like he's always smiling. Yeah. Uh, I... It's Jamal. So to me, he could he could wear the scariest mask ever, and knowing it's Jamal underneath, it's still funny to me just yes, because he's yes, Jamal. Yes, I, I can't be overly scared, but sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Patrick Fishburne is competing at the Nationwide Children's Hospital Championship. Is he on the Mount Rushmore of BYU redheaded alumni? Ooh, he's making a case for himself, Jerem, because other guys on that list include. T.J. Haas, all-timer for BYU basketball, now crushing it as a red-bearded monster in Poland. Papa, Papa Gijo. Papa Gijo. Papa Gijo. Wasn't Fred Roberts? Was he? I don't know. A redhead? I don't know. All the clips were in black and white. And I have no clue. Rory Linkletter. You know, he made claimed Strawberry himself. Blonde. Okay. So I, I don't know. Yeah, the, the pea fish, the ginger quake. Ginger quake. He's, right now, he's making a name for himself. He's got a serious case beyond Mount Rushmore. I say yes. I, I, I think he is. I would add uh, Matt Bushman. Uh, Matt Bushman, I yeah. I would add Chris Perhaps. Hoke, which he lost a lot of the hair, but he had red hair. Uh, and then I, I'm not sure if Boney Fuller had red hair, but if Boney did <laughs> in the 20s, that Boney would be on this list as well. Mike Rose. Where does Mike Rose fit into this? Oh, Mike Rose. <laughs> Mike Rose is like honorably mentioned. By the way, uh, P. Fish is tied for 34th at one over in the first. Go, Patrick. He's, he's man, when, when that dude figures out how to consistently make putts, watch out. He could be on the PGA Tour soon, in a hurry. Yeah, he's off. That takes us to the best to wear it. We're counting up to 99. Unbelievably, we're almost there been forever uh we're determining the best athletes to wear each number at byu and today it's all about number 92 jim herman jim herman was awesome 1980s on the defensive line 106 tackles 26 sacks in his career 12 tfls well that's got to be a plus the 26 probably right six forced fumbles first team all whack the year of the national championship in 1984. In fact, the year before in 83, which Spencer has argued is actually better than 84. Mm-hmm. 16 sacks tied for second most in the season in BYU history, although the NCAA didn't count defensive stats until 2000 because they were just dumb. Uh, 26 career sacks, fifth most in BYU history, and Jim Herman was legit. Drafted by the Cowboys, seventh round in 85. The Hermanator. I ran into Jim Herman. You all right? Eating lunch with... Yeah, I'm feeling okay. Okay. Um, he was eating lunch with one Lee Johnson oh, nice. at a nearby barbecue Did establishment. You get a word in? 
And <laughs> they were quick to point out that uh, everything I say is irrelevant and I'm just a talking BYU head, you know. We then- run with that situation right. the whole t- show well right and then and then lee quickly uh backpedaled said hey but when am, when am i coming on again right you're like you're not helping <laughs> yeah you want to be on the show thunderfoot yeah. uh love those guys uh jim very outspoken funny guy yeah. um well We've deserving at 92 yeah that's right yeah. the honorable mention at 92 ryan denny ah uh, the denny brothers Ryan played from 1997 to 2001 first team all mountain west conference in that epic 2001 season I didn't know there was a fourth team, All-American team, but apparently in 01, there was from the Sporting News. Wow, there you go. Okay, so so there's that. 16 sacks, 40 tackles for loss in his career, six forced fumbles. Here's the guy he, that played nine seasons in the NFL, eight with the Bills, one with the Texans. Um, the Denny brothers have had a nice go in the NFL. Yeah, John is the long snap for the Dolphins until last year. Denny Slam, that's a nice graphical headline. I like that. The Grand Slam. 199, you out of your mind? Kind of missed that. Isn't I missed it? that. Totally it's, it's missed that. It's not that cheap anymore, right? A couple of strips of bacon, is some eggs, bucks? some hash browns. How much is it now? Yeah, the Grand Slam's like eight ninety nine now. Eight ninety nine. Eight ninety nine. Yeah, you're out of your mind. You pay. Yeah, that. I ain't going there now. <laughs> Coming up, coaches on bikes are back and bigger than ever. What expectations would you have for BYU football with an all Group of Five schedule? It's trending that direction. This is BYU Sports Nation. Then is my after midnight option. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coordinators Corner returns to the air August 31st as Gregor Bell and the coordinators preview the season. Open a week later against Navy. It's August 31st on BYU TV at 1 Eastern. I just looked up how much the original Grand Slam is. We were wondering. Because it used to be like what? 199? Yeah, I don't mind. 819 now. So inflation? Question mark? I wasn't far off. I am going to order this right now. No. <laughs> I want some brunch, right? Well, let's it's, go it's, right now. It's the perfect time. Do okay. Show live from the, the BYU store and just get some <laughs> cougar eat grub next time. Making plans on live TV. I love it. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. The BYU football cougars are trending towards an all group of five schedule in 2020. 10 to 12 G5 teams, maybe? Let's see. Hopefully and we don't, we don't know that there's not going to be a Power 5. There, there are just very few options left. So if BYU does get one, it'll be, uh, it'll be a great thing. We'll, okay. we'll see if they get one. So reported games with Texas State, the Bobcats, and UT San Antonio, the Roadrunners. Those are not confirmed yet. Brett McMurphy reporting on UTSA, a beat reporter for uh, Texas State reporting on the other. That makes seven. So, Jeremy, if, it, if the trend continues and it's all group of five teams, whether 10 or 12, when it's all said and done, how does this modify your expectations for BYU football in 2020? Well, if BYU gets 12 non-Power 5 games, so they'd have 11 group of five potentially in one FCS, I would hope that BYU would win at least nine of those 12 because they need to. A, a lot of these teams so far, as we mentioned earlier in the show, only one had a winning record last year. 500 or better, right? It was Navy. They were 11-2, top 25. They were awesome. We expect Houston to be better. We expect Army to be better. But the other games, BYU should definitely win. Those are the three in question. Navy, Army, Houston. But I expect there be to uh, be a couple of potential losses on the schedule. Right now, I only really see like two or three potential losses. I expect BYU to go 9-3 and three if they don't have a Power 5 game on there. And again, we don't know if we're going to get to those 12 games. COVID, cancel it, whatever. We'll see. But 
I would hope that that happened. You brought up a great point in this narrative for us as a show. Is like what me going, wait, too many power fives. There's an issue there. You're signing up for losses. And you've said, wait, group of five is, is an issue as well. And when you combine those, that's a major issue. That's why BYU's only won 18 games the last three years. But we would see, okay, no P5s, no excuses now. No excuses. Yet, there's the ultimate excuse. We're in a pandemic and trying to play football. There's just a <laughs> ma- massive asterisk on everything that happens this year. But if BYU plays a Group 5 schedule, I would hope there's at least nine wins. But I would really hope there's 10 or 11, or I don't even want to say 12. All of this depends on the quality of remaining opponents that BYU gets for me. So if Cincinnati and UCF and Appalachian State show up on the schedule, then it's then like, it, then, it, then it probably changes. You're it's right. like, okay, probably bring it back to like eight. Because Cincinnati and UCF are, are middle to upper power five conference type of teams, right? Right, yeah. They're like top five-ish in a power five league teams. But if BYU fills out the rest of the schedule with, you know, middle tier conference USA and Sunbelt teams, absolutely. At that then point, Jeremy, like I'm saying 10, 10, 10, 10 and 2. Right. 10 and 2. 10, 11, BYU 12, needs yeah. to go 10 and 2. So I'm waiting to see what the final three, four, maybe five games would be if the quality of opponent is, especially coming from the AAC or the top team out of uh, conference or Sunbelt, sorry, Appalachian State, then then we get into the, okay, maybe maybe eight wins is okay. Because one of the arguments I put out there is, okay, playing power fives is great. I just don't want too many. I want two or three. I don't want four, five, six, or in the case of next year's schedule, seven. So how many potentially uh, powerhouse group of five teams do you want on the schedule? Uh, a couple. Typically, that's Boise State. That's uh, Utah State's uh, quality, not, not powerhouse. I don't know. Two or ben. something, Cincinnati and UCF. Like I'd be happy with that. I think Navy's a, a pretty good preseason or postseason top twenty-five team. I think that's a really nice game on the schedule. I'm, but the argument I've said is, shoot, if you load up with P fives in the beginning of the season, you are getting not only beaten up physically, you're getting injured and you're getting tired. Like there's a reason that Toledo came after that slate of P fives later. Uh, you're just Tyson Williams out for the season. Some injuries are random, but some injuries are caused from too much uh, tough competition at the beginning. And you wouldn't have that, so now you don't have that excuse for BYU. Now it's like, okay, what can you really do? And that's what it'd be like to be in a group of five league, by the way, would have something like that. You'd have a couple of power fives in there. So I am optimistic that this type of schedule, and with just how lucky BYU is to play football at all this season, will help them overcome the emotional roller coaster of beating Tennessee and USC. And then, oh man, we're kind of limping into Toledo and we're tired. We're injured. They lose that game. But then the, the most concerning one was two weeks later, Jerem, South Florida. BYU, that one's two in, weeks, inexcusable. That one, was, that one was really concerning. So that, that's the consistency issue we're talking about. All right, here we go. Okay. Coming up, spreading the good word through dunking. <laughs> Plus coaches on bikes are back after a day off. I thought there were no days off, and they wanted that's that smoke. Bill Belichick. BYU Sports Nation. That's the Patriots. That's not the Los Cucadores. BYU Sports Nation continues with this daily reminder. The show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can download the podcast by Googling BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. They took a day off, even though they said they wouldn't, but... 
Preston Hadley and Gennaro Guilford, our secondary coaches for BYU football, back with Coaches on Bikes. What's good? Uh-oh, you know what it is. It's baby. your boys. Yay, yay. Coach G. And we picked up another rider. Coach Fowler. What up? What it do, baby? Hey, it's a movement. It's a movement. A third wheel, Jerem, and it's Gavin Fowler. It's Gavin Fowler. We love Gavin Fowler because of Gavin and also because of Blaine. That's awesome. They, they picked up someone else. They're I, adding members. So we were told that uh, they had a day off yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that's why they didn't bike to work because they had the day off. So there was no. So is the streak over if to, they didn't have work? Okay. All right. Is it? Are we up to eighteen now? Yeah. Is there an asterisk now next to it? <laughs> <sighs> the year of the asterisk. <laughs> Ask the Astros about that. <laughs> All right, time for our Elite Voice of the Day, presented by Sundance Mount Resort, answering this question. At this point, are you more about the quality or quantity of games that BYU football will and could potentially schedule? At Milton underscore Rat says, the quality of any game is infinitely better than no game. It's mathematics. I don't know. There's been a few games where I wish there was no game that day. <laughs> I am seeing more and more Utah fans saying, I never in my wildest thought I would be jealous of BYU scheduling Seriously. UT San Antonio. Seriously. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutouts. Trey Stewart, BYU signee, spreading the good word through dunking. Today's scriptures from Alma 26.12. Yea, I know that I am nothing. As to my own strength, I am weak. Therefore, I will not boast of myself, but I will boast of my God. For in his strength, I can do all things. Oh! oh! That's strength from God. Well then, that's also strength from his legs. Wow. That was an impressive dunk. Uh, my rise shadow goes to our friends at BYU Radio. It's National Radio Day. And our thanks okay. to today's guest, Pete Medhurst. Time for dinner. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Brian Mitchell. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Coops. For the first time ever, you'll also.